All episodes of the Real Women in Business podcast reflect the opinions and views of the guest and Cass McCrory and do not reflect official policy or position of employers or clients. Thank you. You're listening to the Real Women in Business podcast. I'm your host, Cass McCrory, and in this podcast, we highlight women in all kinds of businesses. For yourself, someone else, full-time, part-time, overtime hustle, Together, we will learn from and with one another. And if we get it right, it'll lift us all. Let's get into it. Friends, today we're talking to Noreen Heron. She is the CEO and founder of Heron Agency, an agency focused on hospitality and theater and events, publicists, digital marketing, social media, the whole gamut. And as you can imagine, this past year and a half has been challenging. And Noreen shares the vantage point that she comes at at looking things optimistically, how she's looked to modulate her energy so that she can both be of service, continue to sell and steward her clients through one of the most challenging times we've ever experienced. I love this conversation. I know you will too. Let's get into it. Noreen, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Cass. So nice to be here. I am so excited to chat with you today. I'd love for you to kick us off with a little bit about who you are and the work you do in the world. Fantastic. Well, I am the CEO and founder of Heron Agency. We are one of the nation's leading hospitality lifestyle communications firms. We handle public relations, digital marketing, advertising, and social media for some of the country's top hotels, restaurants, theaters, events, and retailers. It's such a cool market to niche within. How did you find yourself in this entrepreneurial seat with such a cool agency behind you? That's nice of you to say. Thank you, Cass. Uh, well, I grew up working in, in hospitality and I think having that hands-on experience for so many years as I did, I grew up working for a very iconic dinner theater, a 1,025-seat venue that was rather legendary in Chicago, which is where we are based, uh, gave, me a fantastic, uh, gave me fantastic exposure to entertainment and restaurant, uh, the restaurant world. And then from there, I went to serve as the director of public relations for the Hyatt Regency Chicago, which is Hyatt's flagship property, very large uh, hotel, 2019 rooms, five restaurants, uh, 225,000 square feet of meeting space, where I planned some of the city's largest events, New Year's Eve for 14,000 people and huge bridal show and all kinds of parties. And uh, I think because I was on property at both venues uh, as an in-house publicist, I had a good sense of how my work impacted numbers and traffic uh, and the metrics. And I don't think that agency publicists, they don't have the luxury to see phones literally raining or, you know, how digitally people are driven immediately to purchase a ticket or or make a reservation. And it was just, I I fell in love with it very, very early on. And I always have that sense of wherever I am, if I'm on a flight, if I'm at a sports game, et cetera, and I'm looking at the numbers and I see that there aren't 
a, a number of people there. I always think, how could a publicist have done a better job? And so I think because I worked as a as an usher and a hostess at this theater growing up, and we'd say, oh, well, we're low tonight. We only have 200. We've got a thousand seats. What else could we be doing? It was sort of ingrained in me very early on as to um, how passionately you need to represent a venue and make it important, make the brand important, always keep the brand fresh and innovative. And, uh, and I, I think just through my hand, the hands on years of, of doing that, it, it comes very naturally to me. It's amazing just to hear you talk about this. It, it lights something up in me because if anybody has been in the space of, in the service industry in any capacity, they, they remember that feeling of, oh, how could I have done something to make this night better? And you can look at a restaurant. If you've ever worked in a restaurant, you can look at a restaurant and you're like, geez, I wonder how they have these tables numbered, right? And you're like immediately thinking about what they call the different tables. And I don't think you can outrun it. Um, and so it's really cool that you've brought this history of what you are naturally so great at and thriving at. And now you've established it in an agency that allows you to service so many more organizations. Well, thank you again for saying that. I, I think that's true. It's, it's, it's a passion of mine for sure. And I always got such a high out of feeling like I was keeping other people in the hospitality industry working. And I could very much see in my position at Hyatt the trickle-down effect that it had to when we would book a convention, not only that we'd have more of our employees working, we had 1,600 employees at the Hyatt Regency Chicago. And my gosh, I mean, it, it, it being sold out was the difference between 250 housekeepers working versus 25 on a slower uh, on a slower night. But then to see when the hotel is full, the lines for, for cabs and, and Ubers and, uh, and Lyfts, and then the restaurants being full and people shopping and the impact it has on retail. So publicists are definitely, when we do it right, we are rainmakers and change makers. And I think it's kind of funny when I go to a, a wedding or something, someone says, oh, you're a publicist. They think, oh, I guess she invites people to events. <laughs> or, I don't think they have any idea of, of, of what we do and kind of the A to Z approach that we need to take to making something hot. And especially in the markets that we're in, we're working all over the country. And when a lot of times when you're working in big cities, it's very hard to capture the imagination of of the customer because there's so much inventory um, and so many different messages hitting the, the potential customer. And so clearing, you know, clearing the noise, authentic messaging that resonates with audiences, hitting them frequently with the messaging. And we like to think we're more creative than other agencies when it comes to how we are delivering messages in, in multiple ways and, and, and innovative ways. Uh, and, and that's what we've done for 21 years. And I think that's what we're good at. Uh, so this past 18, 19 months hard in the hospitality space, how has your business looked at the challenges and found innovative ways to be of service? To say the least, it's been very rough. Uh, I, I say a tsunami hit my agency last March and, we 
it hit every category that we represent. And so I think number one, I would say to each client when they would call, I'm, I'm with you. I don't think that I, I know you have to end service with us right now, but I will be here in whatever way that I can to help you get through this as well. And so we, we did, we, we helped a lot of our clients look at and evaluate their websites to, to get ready for the future, to try to look at things as optimistically as we could and know that there would be a delay in services, but there, that there would be a return and a major return. So preparing them for that, working on their email databases, doing anything that we could that was sort of housekeeping uh, that would help them um, reenter the market. And so that's where we're at now. We are very fortunate in that the business is coming back in a roaring fashion, uh, but it was, a rough, it was a very rough year. And I found myself in the position of having to do everything that I did 21 years ago to build the company. And a lot of the tasks I was doing were, the, the, when, before I had a team, were what I went back to last year. I did not take a salary last year so that I could keep my senior team. And I know a lot of people that work in the hospitality industry make personal sacrifices um, to keep doing what we love to do. And I can't imagine doing anything else than what I do. I absolutely love my work. And uh, it was, it was tough. It was, but it was something that I saw coming quite frankly, when I heard the reports um, coming from China, uh, and again, in the big cities that we represent, tourism such a big factor. And I, I told my team in January, this will impact us. I had no idea just how significantly it would impact us and that it would almost shut us down, basically. But I also knew that uh, when there was a return, that our clients would need to be evangelizing and, and letting people know that they were, they were back. So, um, so and here we are. Yeah. I think that, you know, it was sad to see so much change happen in that space. And I I look at it now and I'm thinking to myself, this is kind of, I hope another roaring twenties kind of feel where what comes back is people that have had a time to decide what they really love and they have rejuvenated not just themselves but their vision and how they want to do things and i i think i'm starting to see that in the restaurant space like the restaurants that closed for a period of time that are now reopening or reopening with a really a different vigor than they had before absolutely and very well stated I think prior to COVID, I, I observed something that I thought was very interesting in our world and that it was just sort of cocooning and comfort. And Netflix was our biggest competitor. <laughs> uh, and you look at just uh, clothes and the, the teary cloth and soft nature of everything. And you think of how popular slime became and, and, and stress relieving uh, items and uh, aromatherapy and just this explosion of, of um, people wanting to get away. There's too much. I mean, social media and I think there's just too much. And what we were finding was how do we get people to leave their homes? And so, and there is, as we know, so much good, solid entertainment on Netflix. What happened over COVID was everyone saw everything that there was to see on Netflix <laughs> and they were so ready to get back to it. And so that is 
so positive for particularly the theaters that we represent because I think they were they were challenged with it more than more than anyone. Everyone's got to eat, as we say. You don't have to go to theater. You don't have to attend an event or a festival. We represent a lot of Chicago's largest events, like the Thanksgiving Day Parade and uh, the One of a Kind Show and the Boat and RV Show, etc. And uh, no one has to attend those shows, but that's our job to create that buzz and noise to make someone feel that they should. And I feel like it's a little bit easier on that front. People are, um, of course, there's still trepidation regarding the variant and we'll see how that goes this fall and winter. But in general, I think we all felt like there was a major hall pass when we found out that we could return to, to dining indoors and, and doing and shopping and doing all the things that we love so much in our lives. Definitely. If you could paint a picture for the best possible outcome from today on forward, what does that look like? For my business? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we have been growing again steadily now. Uh, We've been hiring more full-time people. I think I'm always, we've been in business now for 21 years we have a very solid reputation for delivering results. The press knows us is working very quickly and conscientiously. If they need a, a photo or information, we are right on it. Uh, our clients generally will start with maybe sometimes a small campaign for one property and then end up doing the whole chain of whatever it is. It could be, uh, we've represented Massage Envy, Orange Theory, various franchises where that was the trajectory. Uh, but my goal has always been and remains to do good, solid work, to, to preserve the reputation. I always say I'm, I didn't work this hard for 21 years to change that. So my goal has never been about the money. My goal has never been to be the largest. Uh, my goal is, is to really feel like we make a difference for that restaurateur who saved his or her life savings and wants to open up. Uh, that theater producer who whatever the message resonates with him or her and they feel that they need to share it with the world, et cetera, et cetera. I, I, I take that so responsibly because for someone to decide to, to take their hard-earned dollars, open a store, at, at whatever it may be. And, and by the way, I also look at the large chains as being equally as important. Sometimes people, I see a lot of online shops, small, et cetera. There's a lot of people employed by large corporations and, and, you know, your dollar matters to them just as much. Uh, so I think delivering authentic messages, I'm, I've always been very choosy through the years about who we worked with. And I've turned on a lot of business through the years. Um, the money was never, again, the money didn't drive me that, that way. Uh, I I wanted to have a good reputation. And I think because I was working with my friends early on the front end, when I started the company, so many of the people that I'd worked with in theater were hiring me for their individual projects. And then the hotel, various people that I'd worked with at the hotel uh, then went on to other chains. And we've now represented over 35 different hotel brands across the country. And we've done six national tours of of Broadway caliber productions. Uh, We've represented a lot of celebrities through the years. And it always was, I always wanted to feel proud of what we represented and that I could get on a call with um, a press person or influencer or a podcaster like yourself 
and, and feel proud of what I was delivering message wise. And, and I think that in turn, what happened and I didn't anticipate it, but it created, uh, it created an impact where I've heard press people say, oh, well, if you're representing it, then I should go see it or I should do this because I know there's a certain quality level there. And the, when I first started hearing that many years ago, I was very pleased. I was very happy to hear that. I was, but I, like I said, it was unintentional, but it, um, it, it really worked for us. That's amazing. Starting a business, maintaining an organization, growing it, having a tough year. How does this balance out in, you know, however you consider whole life? Wow, that is a million dollar question. Um, first of all, I always say it's easy to start a business. Anyone can start a business. It's very hard to maintain a business. And once you have hit a certain level, you have even more responsibility to steward the people that are working for you and make sure that everyone's getting paid, especially agency life, because agency life can be very transient in, in the business flow. Because often as a communications firm, we are hired to launch something and it's a short contract and it's a series of short contracts and having always the energy and the passion to be able to service those and, and be still looking for new business as you're doing it takes a lot of, a lot of energy. And to your question, it takes even more energy now after COVID, because I think everyone is still, we're not, it's not over yet. And not everyone feels that they want an annual contract. They're a little bit afraid of it. They're, we don't know what's coming. We don't know what the Delta variant, what will December look like? And I just try, I've always based any decision decision on what, what I want as a consumer. I, I feel the same way as them. I don't, none of us have a crystal ball and none of us can predict what traffic flow patterns are going to be like after this period. And I always find it fascinating because I could do almost any campaign for any lifestyle communications client and have some idea of the flow to be able to say to a, a customer, here's how it usually goes. And if we all want to be truthful, none of us have ever lived through anything like this before. Yeah. So none of us, I, I'm uncertain too. So when they say, I only feel comfortable with two months or three months right now, I say, I understand. And, and I think I, I always come to projects with a great deal of empathy for the person who's putting down their dollars. Um, but I think it's, for me, this, this last, I had, we, we've been in business 21 years. I had... I had 19 great, <laughs> I had 19 great solid years last year. And this year are, are an enigma for sure. I have two children. You asked about the personal toll. I have, I have two teenage children. Um, I think they, they saw me in a space that they, they haven't seen me prior in, in terms of uh, they weren't old enough or weren't around my daughter when I started the company. And it, it just takes a really, a, 24-7 approach to, to getting a company up and running. And then maintaining it is like a 27. <laughs> it doesn't really go away. But um, yeah, certainly very challenging last year. And, and this year we're, we're picking up, but it's, it's still not 100% yet. You mentioned at one point saying no to work that's come in. And you know, not wanting it. 
I feel like right now we're in this really interesting season where things are starting to come back. And I know I found this in my own business that I've had a little bit of a yes impulse that I've needed to check Mm -hmm. because I want to have everybody fully paid, including myself. And I want to be made whole or however that might look from a business profitability standpoint. And I personally needed to check myself recently to say, oh, is this a yes because you want this work or is this a yes because you want more work? And the difference between this work and more work, ooh, it's a great divide. Have you been in the same space? Yeah. I think that is one of the great mysteries in my life still to solve because I think as publicists, publicists are generally people pleasers. And I think I have a hard time sometimes saying no to a client that I like, and sometimes they will be pushing me for a campaign. And I, I just, sometimes that uh, telling them that it's just not the right timing and not, and, and not to embark on it uh, can hurt their feelings in a surprising way. And so I, I, um, I always struggle with that. But in answer to your question of the learning how to say no, I think there is that overall feeling that we all experience something so out of a sci-fi movie that we all are valuing our personal time a little bit more, right? And we're, we're understanding what really is important. And I do feel a little bit like hospitality publicists, we were the frontline ER doctors and nurses for our <laughs> clients, and we still are. And that's what I try to always um, impart with my, my team is we have to take this so seriously because what they have been through, it's tri- you know, it's triage right now. And, and it, it, we can't underestimate not only for them, the financial, but the emotional hardship that they've experienced. And so when they work with my agency, I think they know that we're, we're there for them a hundred percent. And so if we commit to something, we do it a hundred percent, but I, I, I agree with what you're saying. I'm not saying, I'm not saying yes, as much as I did previously, no doubt. Yeah. Oh, I've got a lightning round of questions, but before we get into it, is there anything that you wanted to chat about today that we haven't gotten into? Not yet. Your questions have been excellent. Appreciate them. Yeah. Well, I want you to share with everybody where they can find more about you and your agency. So plug all of those URLs, all of the places that we can follow um, along. Fantastic. Well, we're uh, heronagency.com. You can find us on Instagram. We have a large following on Instagram, close to 21,000 um, people. And I think they'll enjoy our feed. And that's just Heron Agency. Heron Agency on Facebook, TikTok. Uh, LinkedIn would really appreciate your, your listeners following us. Awesome. Go to song when you want to up your energy. Two songs when I want to up my energy. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, first of all, I told you, I grew up working at a, a theater, uh, a musical theater. So I am a musical theater aficionado. I know, I know the score to 
practically every musical you can imagine. <laughs> I worked there for 16 years. So, and I was there working nightly. So I would hear the musical night after night after night. And now the newer musicals, I, I, since I love musicals, I listen to them uh, all the time. So, uh, but there's a musical called Follies and there's uh, a big number and you have to be a musical theater aficionado to know. <laughs> but it's called the ballad of Lucy and Jesse. And it's a really big flashy um, second act number that the audience goes crazy. I love I, that. I'm working out. That's a great, great song. Um, and then, Oh my gosh, this is when I want to just improve my energy. Huh? I, my daughters, I have a 16 year old daughter and her and her friends think it's absolutely hilarious that I love juice world. I listen to juice <laughs> world all the time. Um, and so, uh, what juice world? So I can't now, and now I'm drawing a blank on which one I would listen to, but, uh, yeah, something juice okay. world. I listen to. <laughs> what time do you wake up? What time do I go to sleep and what time do I wake up are all around the same question because I have insomnia and I always, I've had insomnia. My sister is a psychologist. Uh, I said to her once, you know, I have a therapist that says that, uh, when did I develop insomnia? She, my sister said, you've had it your entire life. You, you have chronic insomnia. So I've been diagnosed by my sister. <laughs> uh, so I usually, I don't go to sleep usually until around 2.33 in the morning. I sleep for a little bit. I wake back up again, usually around five. It depends upon what my day looks like. Um, I just, this first, this is the first year I haven't driven my daughter to school. Uh, so I was always in the office, no matter what, by eight, because I would be driving my kids to school through the years. So this is the first year that I might actually start work at nine, which is uh, a real anomaly for the first time in my life. Um, but I, I, I'm up usually around 7 a.m. Um, but yeah, that lack of sleep is something that I, is, uh, even after all these years, I think I still need to work on it, but I, I don't think it's going to change at this point. <laughs> coffee or tea? Neither. I don't drink coffee or tea. I drink unfortunately, an inordinate amount of Diet Coke, which is terrible, but I need the caffeine. What's a book you've given or recommended the most? Tree Girls in Brooklyn. I love, I love that book. I love the movie. My sister and I watched it with my mother over and over. It's a great, it's a great book to, to give, to, to read, um, to learn from. What are you doing imperfectly, but with great joy? Oh my gosh. Anything regarding working out. I am the least coordinated person and I, I always dread taking the classes, whether it be yoga or Pilates, because I know the instructor is going to come over and, and correct what I'm doing. I don't, I have a hard time relaxing. And so I'll take a class to relax and then I will be the focus of the, the instructor coming over and telling me, relax, relax, move your arm. And it does the exact <laughs> opposite of what I wanted to do to actually relax. So yes. while I enjoy it, I also kind of dread it at the same time. Yes. It's like, it's so fun that you're giving me all of this personalized attention. Now I should absolutely be able to relax now. No way. Like this makes no sense. Exactly. Uh, Noreen, thank you so much for sharing your, your viewpoint and you know, what you've built with this agency. It's really inspiring. Thanks for your time today. Oh, thank you, Cass. It was an honor. Thank you. Thanks for listening today. I would love your review wherever you've listened to this podcast 
head on back to that podcast app and give us a five-star review. It will help this episode and all future episodes reach more amazing people just like you.